Hi, today at Health Aid Chat, we have Serena McLeod. Serena is a chartered sports and exercise psychologist who supports organizations, teams, athletes, and exercisers in the UK, North America, and Australia to enhance their performance levels and psychological well-being. She has experience working in a variety of sport and exercise settings, including football, swimming, athletics, rugby, BMX, esports, and rehabilitative exercise programs. Today, we will be talking about how to cope mentally with long-term injuries. Many thanks for joining us, Serena. Um, just to start off with, could you tell us a bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name is Serena. I'm not um, originally from the UK, obviously. Um, I'm from Toronto, Canada, and I moved over to the UK about eight years ago. Um, originally just came over to do my undergraduate degree in, in sport and exercise psychology. Um, ended up doing my master's as well as uh, training to become a, tra uh, a chartered sport and exercise psychologist. Um, so I've now been here for eight years um, and have had the opportunity the last couple of years um, to work within um, the sports psychology fields um, now as a chartered sports psychologist so I've worked within football um, within both organizations um, and one-to-one -one, um, you know every sport that you can think of under the sun um, as well as kind of rehabilitative uh, exercise programs um, but yeah really looking forward to, to talking to you today about something that I'm, I'm quite passionate about. Brilliant um, so um, you've you were an athlete beforehand could you tell us a bit more about your athletic career? Yeah, absolutely. So um, football was definitely uh, my life when I was an adolescent. So I started playing football at age of four um, and played uh, at a high level until about the age of 17. Um, and, you know, absolutely loved it. I was a left back, um, lived and breathed. It was really my identity, um, you know, when I was younger. Brilliant. And, and unfortunately, you had some personal experiences in dealing with injury as well. Is that right? Yeah. So I had um, two significant injuries um as an adolescent footballer and it's actually one of the ones when i started playing at a higher level so i was about 12 um i tore all the ligaments in my ankle um, and i think that kind of set the tone in, in terms of me having anxiety about getting injured and re-injury especially when it came to going in for tackles um that's when kind of i noticed you know i, I was really overwhelmed about oh what if i get re-injured um the second one was when i was 17 um and that was what that one was a little bit more significant um i basically had a knee injury um, where I tore all the, leg the ligaments in my knee um, as well as my plica um, which is basically your kneecap it went to the back of my knee um, so it was yeah quite significant <laughs> but I did have um, surgery um, you know to kind of um, you know help with that as well as physio um, unfortunately it was you know something that was really really difficult for me in, in terms of returning um, to football um, I again had a lot of anxiety about um, re-injuring myself um, and it really held me back from you know being able to continue to perform. So um, I just want to go to that time when you first sustained your knee injury what was initially going through your mind when that, when you sustained that knee injury? Yeah I think I was absolutely devastated um, you know, it was almost like a sense of loss because I kind of feared that, well, you know, now that I've sustained this injury, I'm never going to be able to play at the same level again. Um, you know, I think also at that point in my life, I was 17, um, you know, I was, I was in college, just started college, but, you know, academics really wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Um, football was really my identity. So I did feel like there was a huge loss and I kind of had a moment of like, well, who am I, right, without playing football, because that was the first time that I had 
well, a significant time out. You know, I had the ankle injury before, um, you know, when I was when I was younger, um, but this was a larger amount of time. And I think, you know, also when you're 17, you're trying to figure out, well, who you are. But at that point, football was all I knew. So, you know, it was really difficult in being able to navigate that as I felt like I didn't really have anybody to turn to that understood what I was going through as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a really difficult experience. And, and so, I mean, yeah, I think you alluded to this already, but do you feel that you had uh, enough support at the time to get you through? No, I didn't. I think at the time I didn't realize the magnitude of how much it did impact me. I tried to kind of, you know, do other things to kind of get my mind off things, but I didn't really talk about the significance of the injury and the significance of you know, not playing football anymore. Um, we didn't have anything like a, a sports psychologist that wasn't a thing, <laughs> um, you know, 15 years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I really didn't feel like I had that support network there. Um, I had other players on my team that had uh, sustained injuries. Um, one one um, player in particular had a lot of concussions and knee injuries. Um, but at the same time, I just didn't feel like I had the space to talk about it. Okay. And so you're now a psychologist um, and you specialize in sports as well. Um, what practical tips would you give an individual who sustained a significant injury to stay mentally strong uh, using your professional experience and also using your personal experience? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, a really good point because my personal experience, you know, although I, I obviously am a psychologist now, I use kind of practical tips based on um, things that are underpinned by, by theory. Um, my experiences definitely have helped in terms of being empathetic and compassionate when athletes do experience injuries. Um, you know, I think the first thing, you know, if you're working with an athlete is really understanding them as an individual because each individual will experience injury in a different way. Some people, you know, just have the coping mechanisms to deal with it. Some people may have experienced an injury before and being able to kind of cope with it in a, in a different way. Um, but it's really understanding the individual. I think, you know, other things that you can do in terms of kind of really coping with it um, is firstly a, a social support network. That is huge. I think, you know, that is one thing that, you know, it's not necessarily anything, you know, like a therapeutic technique, but I think really the athlete feeling supported. Um, and this includes, you know, feeling supported by their players and coaches, right? I think that's one thing as well as, you know, sometimes athletes that are injured, they kind of get pushed to the side a bit. They kind of get mm. forgotten about, but it's, you know, really kind of, you know, asking the coaches and the athletes, okay, how can they still feel like a part of this team? How can they still feel like an important part of this club? Because, you know, they will feel like they're left out, right? They're, they're not able to engage in the one thing that they love the most, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really feeling like they're supported within their environment and still a part of the, a part of the club. Um, you know, other things that I'd work on in terms of working with an athlete is something called um, a rehab journal. So it's kind of keeping track of their rehabilitation um, during kind of the rehab journey. So for example, um, you know, let's say that they were doing lunges and squats um, during kind of their SNC session or physio session, it's keeping track of that and keeping track of their progress. Because I think one thing, especially when you have a significant injury, you know, let's say that you're out for a year or two years, it can feel like you're stuck and it can feel like, oh, I haven't made any progress. But you reflect back in that rehab journal and you actually see, hey, I made progress, right? A month ago, I could only do 15, you know, bodyweight squats. Now I can do 12 squats with 
I don't know, 10 kg, for example, yeah. right? So I've been able to increase the weight. Um, so I think that's really nice as well. Um, you know, other things are kind of keeping keeping a diary as well in terms of their thoughts and feelings, you know, mm -hmm. having, having a, a, an opportunity to reflect on how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, that is super, super important. Um, you know, other things I would work on, I mean, I, I kind of list off like a, a million different things um, that you can work on. Um, but if I'm working on with an athlete that is returning to um, from um, from injury to playing, um, I'd work on things like, for example, um, cognitive restructuring, which basically all that means is helping athletes in changing how they appraise situations okay. as one thing that is very, very common um, is when athletes um, that have sustained a really uh, huge injury when they're returning from injury um they will be quite worried about getting re-injured again and that right. is something that is so normal so it's helping them in terms of reappraising it right kind of okay. changing their perception of that situation um through something called again cognitive restructuring um so really helping them take that kind of initial perception and helping them change it um which that would be something that i would do with an athlete one-to-one -one. And so when you say change their perception, um, is it the mindset of the fear of I'm going to injure myself? You try and change that so that, that you reduce that fear or? or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's just really helping them because that fear, that sense of fear, right? They'll think in their minds that, okay, it's 100% the case I'm going to re-injure myself, right? Okay. But it's helping them kind of change that perception so that you know, overall belief dissipates, right? Slowly it decreases and then we're actually like, oh no, no, I'm, I'm not going to re-injure myself, right? Okay. And that takes, it takes a while to change yeah, that perception. I can imagine. But of course, but it, you know, that's something that's really, really important because those thoughts of, oh no, you know, what if I, you know, plant my knee this way or what if I'm going in for a challenge and I injure myself, um, that will be very, very normal. And I think that's that's another thing that I try and do as well as, as a psychologist is normalize those thoughts yes. um, because they'll kind of think in their head, you know, there's something wrong with me. Um, you know, why am I thinking this way? You know, I've, I've done my rehab. Why, why are these thoughts popping up? So I think it's, you know, that psychoeducation piece and normalizing um, yep. that these thoughts will come up and that's okay, right? That okay. is part of kind of your process of you know, your brain, your body getting used to, you know, being back to playing football again. Okay, brilliant. So, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you what role does a, a psychologist play in supporting the athlete? I think you've kind of given us good insight from that point of view, but how, how intensive is your input um, over the time frame that um, you're, you're, you're dealing with the, with the individual? Is it something that you need to see them on a weekly basis or that can be done or needs to be done more frequently or does it just depend? I think it depends on the athlete. Um, you know, again, you know, some athletes will have, you know, the ability to have different coping mechanisms to deal with it, right. You know, based on various, various factors. Um, but if it's an athlete that is really, really struggling, I will see them either on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just really to kind of give that, then that support. Um, if I'm working with an organizational setting, I also will talk to, um, you know, the members of the multidisciplinary team and how they can support them best. So I'll talk to the physio, um, the safeguarding officer, the coaches, the SNC coach, um, just in terms of kind of keeping tabs on, on how they're doing, um, just to kind of make sure again that they feel supported, you know, regardless of who they're working with. I think that's a really important thing. It's an embedded within the club that regardless of them being an injured athlete, they still feel like they're being supported. They still feel like they're a part of the club. Okay. And then um, final question. So if you take a, a young aspiring athlete who's then sustained an injury, 
what three tips would you give them just to, to start the ball rolling in terms of getting themselves back to normality moving forward? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good question. I think it's firstly kind of normalizing that the thoughts and feelings that come up when you do sustain an injury are normal, okay. right? I mean, you will kind of have those thoughts and worries, um, you know, come up. And as soon as they do, right, reach out for support, right? It's okay to kind of, you know, reach out to mom, dad, you know, friend, coach, you know, whoever kind of you you know, are comfortable with, with kind of disclosing information. It's okay to reach out for support, right? It's okay to kind of say, hey, you know what? I'm really struggling with this, right? I'm really kind of having a hard time with this. Um, and I think the third thing is, you know, to really work with, you know, work with the multidisciplinary team if you have access to it. If you're going to a physio, you know, work with them and kind of creating a plan in terms of how you can kind of monitor your progress, right? And, and being proud of that progress as well, right? Being proud of those accomplishments. And it could be, you know, on a weekly basis, kind of reflecting on that and saying, hey, you know, this week I was able to, I don't know, um, you know, do a squat, right? And last week I wasn't able to do that at all, right? So it's, it's really, you know, taking time to, you know, be proud of yourself of the things that you do achieve along that journey. Um, okay. So yeah, I'd say, yeah, firstly, normalizing that those thoughts and feelings will come up. Secondly, really reaching out to that support network and that support system and everybody's support network will look very different. Um, so it may be, again, like a coach that you're really close with. It may be, you know, a mate at school. Um, it could be a teacher. You know, it, it doesn't need to be, um, it doesn't need to be a psychologist per se, um, but, you know, it could be helpful in, in terms of if you are really, really struggling um, with it, a sports psychologist could be quite helpful. Okay. Um, and then the last one is really, you know, keeping that rehab rehab journal and really taking time to monitor your progress and being proud of that progress along the way. You know, there will be ups and downs, there will be challenges, um, you know, it, during your rehab journey, but it's really taking those moments to kind of say, hey, actually, I've accomplished so much. Okay. Um, and I think those would kind of be, yeah, I think those would be my three tips. And, and of the, on the final tip, when you talk about goals and, and kind of the journal and what have you, do you talk about just simple, measurable goals that aren't, you know, too too difficult to achieve? Is, is that what you're getting at? Absolutely. I mean, you can kind of follow the acronym SMART, right? So um, SMART goals are specific, um, they're mm. measurable, they're attainable, um, they're realistic, um, and they're timely, right? So you can kind of create goals specific to that. I like to say to athletes to, get, uh, to create things like process goals. So process goals are basically the kind of specific skills and behaviors that we're working on as opposed to outcome goals. Okay. Because the thing with outcome goals is, you know, we may say to ourselves, okay, I want to return to football in six months. Six months comes and we're not at that point. And yeah. that can feel very discouraging. Um, so I'd say to them, you know, work on those process goals. Again, those smaller things that you can work on, such as skills and behaviors. And they're also the things that we can control right? And really work on those on a weekly basis and, you know, monitor them, reassess them on a weekly basis. Do I need to make this more challenging? Do I need to, you know, maybe actually change it to make it make a little bit more realistic, right? But the kind of the whole point is to kind of give you that motivation, that confidence that you are progressing, right? You are getting to that point. Well, the end goal is returning to football, um, but you are getting to that point that you are moving in the right direction. Brilliant. All right, Serena, listen, thank you for your time. That's been a great insight into how to manage um, dealing with the mental side of an injury. Um, Serena's information is down at the bottom of the, uh, of the screen. So please, if you're interested in talking to more, click on her link and uh, I'm sure she'll be happy to talk to you. All right, thank you very much. Thanks so much.